Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. We are on episode 56 Yes, that is right, 56. My name is Grant Baldwin. I'm glad you're here today. And we, we've had a good month. This has been a fun month. I had a lot of fun. As, uh, as you may know, we've been doing 30 episodes during the month of April, and we are nearing the finish line right now. Just a couple days left, a couple more episodes to go, and uh, we got some good ones. we got some good ones that uh, I think you're really going to dig. Uh, also, I'm just going to tease this out there. Next week, actually, we're going to be releasing an episode with my wife. Oh, I'm super excited about that one. That is one we just recently recorded, and she is uh, she's not one that was like really. I it took some convincing to get her to to come do the the, the podcast, but we wanted to talk about. How do you balance marriage and family and travel and life and kids with a speaker slash entrepreneur? So uh, we have that conversation. That's all next week, though. So you can look for that. That's going to be episode 60. So make sure you... That's why you got to subscribe to the podcast. That's way, That way you don't miss out on anything as it comes out. So again, be sure and look out for that one coming to you next week. But today's episode, we're uh, interviewing and talking with my buddy Wes Wages. Wes is a... Uh, he runs a, a video company and videography company, but he also does a... He did the demo video for me. So if you want to check it out, you can go to grantbaldwin.com and go to the speaking page and uh, the demo video right at the top of the page there. Wes not only shot most of it, but he edited it and uh, just does an amazing, amazing job. So in this, we discuss, you know, if you're creating a demo video, what you need to think about, if you're going to hire someone to help you with that, what you need to look for. And then also, if you wanted to try to do it yourself, how you can get a video done inexpensively and, and maybe even for free using your iPhone. So we discuss some strategies on that. He's also got a, a giveaway at the end. So make sure you stick around for that and uh, check that out. All right, let's get into it. Here's my conversation with my buddy, Wes Wages. Enjoy. Enjoy. What is up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, we are joined by my buddy Wes Wages, who hey, is, hey. Uh, is my video guy, actually. <laughs> He's done some a few different video things for us, I think. And actually, our current demo video for speaking, Wes shot some of it and edited all of it and made me look prettier than I actually am. And so, uh, well done. I can attest to that, Grant. <laughs> How you doing today, man? <laughs> I'm good, dude. And by the way, your new site looks awesome. Thanks, man. Uh, I appreciate it. I was glad to have like video on a site that looks really good. So Cool. I'm trying to make you look good and you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. So Wes does a lot of video work. In fact, once you do this, let's start with, once you just give us kind of a high level view of your business, and then we'll start talking about specifically for speakers and demo videos. Absolutely. Started the business with my wife. She hired me in. We were shooting a lot of weddings, then moved a lot to service-based video because we wanted our weekends. I still shoot some weddings, but kind of off and on. But now we work with a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of big-name entrepreneurs like yourself. And then we also are building out westwages.com where we teach people how to shoot video and teach people how to be comfortable in front of the camera, 
or speakers possibly how to build demo reels. We just kind of, we want to help people with video, especially when they're starting out. Very cool. And in fact, we've talked several times in the podcast about the demo video, the importance of it. And so in fact, I'll I'll go ahead and reference, people can go back and listen to episode two and then also episode (laughs) 40, episode two and episode 40, where we talk about demo videos. But first of all, let's just kind of talk about like big picture. I know I'm on the speaking side, you're on the video side. Why do you think like having a demo video is so critically important? Well, I mean, basically for people that are going to hire you, right? I mean, like you want to get your name out in front of New people, you know, a lot of conferences now want to see a reel before you ever can apply to speak. So that has to happen. Like people have to see what you can do, see that you're actually legit and you're not just some, you know, crazy person trying to get on stage. Right, right. I like to think of it like a movie trailer, you know? So, I mean, a movie is basically, you know, 90 plus minutes or so, and you boil it down to two or three minutes just to give people a taste of like, this is what the movie's about. This is who's in it. This is the plot, the theme, any of those things. And that's kind of the same idea with a speaker of, that video is two or three minutes of if I'm going to watch that, I get a sense of the type of speaker it is, the type of style that they have, and whether or not they would be a good fit for our event, you know, based on that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing better, I think, than video to portray that. You know what I mean? It's, you're hearing the audio, you're seeing how they're, I mean, using hand gestures, how they're relating with the audience, and which is huge for somebody. So, right. Let's talk about what all should go in that video. So like what all, you know, if I always recommend it, it should be like three to four minutes is a good length. Less is always more. It's it's type of thing. Like nobody wants to watch a, like a 12 minute video. Like that is eternity (laughs) in online video land. So if we want to keep it short, but I'm doing, you know, like if I'm giving like a 45 minute presentation and I got to trim it down to, you know, just a couple minutes, like what should be going in that video? So I think obviously you know, if you have humor in your uh, talk, put it in there. Right. Like, big thing that when we were working on your video is we wanted to get the audience's reaction. And you were pretty key on that. Like, audience reaction is key. Because if you're doing an event or you're doing a conference, people want to know that you're going to relate to them, right? I mean, that's the whole point of you coming there. So having that audience reaction is key. Do you think, like, just the audio or the video? or Because, I mean, getting, like, video audience reaction means that you've got to have either like a more of a wide angle shot where you can see the audience or yeah. a, a camera trained specifically on the audience. So, you know, how does that work? So that all depends. I mean, yeah, if you can have an audience shot or, you know, when we're doing big events like a TEDx or World Domination Summit, we actually have a camera specifically for our audience reaction. It's your audience reaction shot, which is killer. But I mean, if you don't have that, yeah, hearing the audio would be huge. Like, yeah. If, if, let's say you're doing iPhones. If you wanted to throw, like, ask somebody in the audience, like even somebody you know, to just record on their iPhone, just so you can get a lot of audience reaction with that, do it. You know, interesting. Uh, and if they, I mean, the big thing is, is if you can hear them in your mic as well. Okay. But somehow, yeah, if you can get audio, would be critical. But if you can get video, then do that as well. Gotcha. And we're going to talk more in just a few minutes here about the logistics of if I was going to either A, hire a company to come in and do this, you know, a company or just an individual to come in and do this. Or if I just wanted to, like, I'm just getting started. I just don't have much of a budget, if any budget. So uh, I'm just going to shoot this and maybe even edit it myself. You know, what do I need to do? So we'll come back and talk about that in just a second here. But what else? So audience reaction is important to have in the video. What other like key pieces do I need to have there? You know, I, I think you got to hit hard at the beginning. When I tell people about videos and how to create videos, you got to have a hook at the beginning. So you have your hook, then you have kind of like your meat in the middle, then your call to action. What would a hook or and or the, the meat, like what would that look like? 
you know, that's kind of like a question at the beginning, like uh, that would basically set your entire fill up for the rest of the video or and set up your entire fill for your whole presentation or your message, you know, that you're going to give out. So, I mean, I always like humor a lot. So you could throw a joke at the beginning or you could just ask that question. Like, let's say if I was going to teach somebody about electric cars, you know, I could ask the question, what's the future of transportation? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because what that does is it kind of sets the person's mind, the viewer's mind of like, oh, I kind of want to know that, you know? Right. So uh, you're setting up the hook and then you're delivering the meat of the content. So like you're answering that one question. And at the end, it's like, so, you know, what is it for you? Like kind of that personal call to action. Right. So it's the type of thing. I mean, the, the point of that demo video or that this is a reel or whatever you want to call it. It's ideally makes people want to see more, you know, Mm -hmm. enough to be like, this person would be a good fit. I want to, I think they'd be a great fit for our audience. Okay. So having the hook at the beginning could be a question, could be a short story, you know, could be a joke or some of a a humorous bit or something, but just something that just, again, that pulls them in and makes them want to see more. And I don't know this off the top of my head. I don't know if you do either, but do you have any idea? Like what's the average attention span for an online video? Like how quickly do we have to hook them in? A minute and 45 seconds. A minute and 45 before most people <laughs> so, will lose it? I think a minute 45 is a good time frame for the whole video. Really? Now, okay. So the whole thing is, the reason people got there is that when you watch a video, chances are you're going to see that time go to the bottom, right? Yeah. And you're going to be like, oh, over two minutes? I don't know. Like, right. I don't even know this guy. I'm watching Grant for the first time. I don't even know who he is. Should I invest my over two minutes into my life of him? And the answer is yes for Grant. But, <laughs> but the thing is, is like, if you're interested in somebody... Like a minute 45, that's nothing. But over two minutes, you're like, you just kind of question that. That's so crazy to me. Like, that's true and it's accurate, but it's still yeah. just crazy to me that like two minutes in the scheme of things is nothing. But that's the way people view online video is Absolutely. that they ha- you have to keep it short. You have to keep it tight. So I think ours is pr- maybe even double that. I think it's somewhere between three and four minutes. It so- might be different for a speaker, you know what I mean? Because the thing is like the person that's viewing that video they have the potential to hire you, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they may be a little bit more invested to kind of see what you're doing. Right. So I think it really depends on your audience, but a minute 45 is a good time frame. And we haven't actually done this for us personally, but I know some speakers that do this where they actually have a couple different variations. So they may have like a the under two-minute version, and then they may have a five-minute version, and then they may have a, you know, a 30-minute version. So the type of thing, like you said, it's one thing if I just want to watch a funny clip on YouTube. It's another thing if I'm considering investing thousands and thousands of dollars on the speaker, I really want to have a good sense of who they are and what they're about. So I may be willing to watch a 30-minute video or a 20-minute video, but not unless I've seen the two-minute video or the four-minute video first. Absolutely. So here's a good suggestion that we do with a lot of our big clients is that you kind of have to cast the net, obviously, in any type of marketing. So if you want to do an Instagram video or a Facebook video, that's about 15 seconds. That's like no time whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So a good thing you can do is have that hook, kind of that question. Just edit that as its own video. Push it out there to social media. The whole goal of that is casting a net so hopefully you'll get a hook out of it. Well, that made sense. To where you can hook them in and then hopefully they'll click on that video and then watch your two-minute version. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So a good call to action, I mean a good hook is just that 15-second. Hopefully they'll click the link. They're already participating by clicking. They watch the two-minute version, and they're a little bit more invested. And after that, maybe you send them an email, and like there's a 15-minute version like a week later or something, you know? Gotcha. What are your thoughts on... I've seen some 
demo videos and speaker videos that have, and I've got my opinions on it, so I'll share it in a second, but I'm gonna let you go first, no pressure. Uh, <laughs> but like the speaker just talking to the camera and just kind of introducing themselves and, and talking about it themselves or kind of what they talk about or why they should hire them or what you know whatever. What are, what are your thoughts on that? So I always think it's a better sell, one, if you don't try to sell yourself. Yep. And people can actually just see what you do. I mean, especially, now I think there's different ways to do it for everything. I think for this demographic and speaking generally, don't try to sell yourself so much. I mean, because obviously you think you're the best speaker out there and you can beat anybody else. Maybe at the call to action at the end, just saying like, hey, don't say, hey, I really want to work with you because you have no idea who you're talking to. Sure. Now, here's an idea, Grant. Let's say there's a school out there, let's say a university that has sent you an email say, you know, we're interested. What if you put your reel on there and at the end of it, you actually did a personal message saying, yeah. kind of saying, hey, check you guys out. We look like we're a good fit. Be really interested in maybe talking with you guys and let me know. So they almost get a sense of your personality just like off the cuff, you know? Right. In fact, that's, that's, something I, yeah, that's something I've actually done before. We did that several years ago with, <laughs> this is a big editing project is basically we picked out like it was something like a hundred different potential clients we wanted to reach out to. And so we made kind of this custom video, but we tweaked the intro for each of them. So it was just basically like a two or three minute video, kind of a demo video. But at the beginning, like the first 15, 20 seconds was, hey, I just wanted to, you know, or hey, what's up, Alabama Association of Realtors or whatever. And just saying hey to them. And then it would kind of go into the rest of the video that would be the same for everybody, you know? Um, How did it go? It was fine because like it was a lot of work because then we upload all of those individually to YouTube and then we've got to keep track of a hundred separate links that we would send specifically to those. So that was more of like a mass thing. But I have done what you're describing there of like a specific client reaches out and so you're making a video just for that one potential client and talking to them and you know naming them by name and those type of things. So I would agree I think that works but and to go back to even your previous point there of I would I'm not a big fan of the speaker just talking to the camera of hey here's who I am here's my life story it's like no no, no like show me don't tell me you know like yes. I want to see you I'm hiring you not to speak to me on a cam. I'm hiring you to speak to my audience. I want to see you talking to an audience. So I would totally agree with that. So what do you think about this? What do you think about if the speaker doesn't really need to do anything and let the work speak for itself? What do you think about interviews or testimonials from other people? Amen. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, honestly, okay, so the best thing to do is after you do a speaking presentation, I mean, you're obviously going to have to do some before. I mean, you've done them before. Get your iPhone out, film the person. Don't be the one asking the questions in the background. <laughs> just ask the question and let them repeat the question in their answer. Okay, like what? So, Can you give me an example? Yeah, so let's say we're at a university. Right after you give your message, if you don't have a filmmaker there, a videographer there, go out there in the audience and you know, say, hey, I'd love to film some testimonials or something about the message that I just gave. So hold your iPhone up and say, hey, uh, this is super simple, but how did you feel about the presentation? And so the viewer says, I thought the presentation was on point. This person did this and this and this and this and this. What I hate seeing is that when the person on stage is actually asking the question afterwards, like, so how did you feel about my presentation? Right. The person's not going to tell you their real opinion in front of you. You know what I mean? Of course, they're going to give you just some like um, some answer that makes you look good. But um, so you just never want to hear that your voice in that background. You want to make sure you want to look like, you know, you hired a whole crew out there just to kind of film these testimonials. Gotcha. Okay. So, and then the final piece, that call to action piece, you said that should be, what should go in that part? You know, I think that's just the next step. 
you know, I haven't thought about maybe specifically for speakers, but like a lot of people that could be as simple as a website, you right. know what I mean? Or that could be, I mean, a website, email, phone number, just something, you know, if you're looking for more information about hiring this person, here's what yes. the next step should be. Right. Absolutely. Um, the point of creating that demo video is not for entertainment purposes. The point is that you want to use that in order to get hired to speak at an event. So showing them like, hey, if you're interested in, in having this person come to your event, here's what the next steps would be to send an email, to make a phone call, to go to this website, to fill out Absolutely. this form. Just if you something. have a booking page, then even on YouTube, you can do an annotation to where they can actually click the video and click, you know, Grant Baldwin forward slash booking to where they're going to the page specifically to book you. Gotcha. Or, or That's contact. smart. Yeah, I haven't thought of that before. Okay, let's. Uh, so we talked about what goes in the video. Now let's kind of let's take a step back actually and talk about. I've got a speaking event coming up. I know I want to get footage for it, and there's two options. Basically, I could hire you know some local crew or some local individual, or I could do it myself. So let's talk about both sides. Let's first of all let's talk about if I was going to hire someone. Like, what do I need to be aware of, and what do I need to be looking for if I'm going to hire a, someone to come shoot a, a video for me? Absolutely. So this is a step, you know, you're not a filmmaker. Most exactly. Speakers, most speakers aren't. So you're either going to do it yourself and it's going to come out, you know, however it does, or you can hire somebody to do it. Now, if it's a big event, you know, they, they may even have a crew there already filming. And obviously you want to have a conversation with the organizer to how you could possibly use that footage. Right. And I would always have that conversation on the front end. But let's say you're hiring a crew. Okay, I have like nine steps I could kind of go through in no particular order of let's say I'm going to stay in with universities here. You got a speaking event at a university. They're not filming it and you want to bring somebody in to film it. Let's go through a little bit of a list. Okay. First, you pay for what you get. So um, this may be 10 steps. So if you want to hire, you know, the guy that has a camera who makes YouTube videos out of high school, he's probably not going to know what he's doing. So right. don't expect that to be amazing. Or if there's somebody else there, which I just had somebody had this incident recently. There was a camera guy there. He was shooting for somebody else. And they said, oh, yeah, you can have the footage. We'll film you too. It was horrible. Like it wasn't set up for them. Obviously, they didn't have their best interests at heart. You know what I mean? Right. So don't rely on that. But I do have uh, here nine steps. Okay, number one, be clear on your start and end times. If the event starts at 9 a.m., then they need to be set up and ready to go at least like 15, 20 minutes early. So a lot of times what happens is they're like still trying to hook in audio or something like that last minute. And it's going to, people are going to get frustrated. Nothing's going to be ready. So just be clear on when they can show up and set up. You know, if somebody's speaking between at eight o'clock, then they need to set up before the first speaker. Right. Well, uh, and I would say too that as the speaker, you don't want that extra stress on you before you're getting ready to go speak. So Absolutely. you want to know that the video crew or the individual that I've hired to come help me with video, they're set up, they're good to go. I can do my thing and I'm not worried about crap. They're still scrambling. So it's stressing them out, stressing me out. You don't want to be in that spot. So I totally agree there to make sure that they set up and with plenty of time. And any professional is going to know that. But if you're dealing with like a college student, maybe, or somebody just new to this, just you may have to cover some bases there. So that's a key point. Number two, this is probably honestly the biggest point. Often overlooked by amateurs is audio. So I can't believe sometimes people have a camera, but they don't even have an audio like a microphone or anything like that on the speaker. So they're trying to use like natural sound coming in from the camera and it's not going to work. You have to have a microphone on you. So there's a couple different options for that. 
if you're hiring professionals, you're obviously going to have some type of wireless microphone either coming from the board of the venue or maybe even a wireless mic running to the camera. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't have that option, you can use your iPhone. So you can buy like a $40 mic off Amazon. And make sure you type in you know, iPhone microphone. You can plug it in and actually record to your iPhone just so you have something. And then you could have a separate video feed and audio feed that you could put together later. Gotcha. So that's always a, a good way to do it. But just so, make sure your audio is recording on you. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So it needs to be on us, not from the camera. No. Because uh, you're going to pick up all that external noise. Exactly. Okay. So yeah, make sure you have some type of microphone on you. Okay. Number three. So ideally, you could have three camera angles. I mean, honestly, like four camera angles would be awesome. But a good job is three camera angles. That's a wide shot of you. So we call it a head to toe. So you just make sure your head and toe are in the frame. And that's good because if you move around or anything on the stage, that head to toe shot, that wide shot will get that. Okay. Always, always, always have your close-up shot. So I'm calling that a medium shot from your waist up. And make sure there's not a lot of headroom in there. You don't want a lot of space between your head and the top of the frame because that's pointless. So your face should not be in the center of the frame. Your face should be kind of the top. Um, it's going to be the top between the middle and top. Okay. That third camera angle shot, if you can, is going to be an extreme wide shot, which is going to show audience and the stage and maybe even your slides. Gotcha, gotcha. So it kind of gives people a sense of like the whole room almost. Yeah. Yep. We call it wide, medium, tight. So with every shot we get, we try to get an extreme wide, you know, kind of that head to toe shot and a tight shot. Okay. But, But I will say if you only have one angle, get the tight shot. Okay. And that's the one where from basically waist up. Waist up. Okay. Yep. Because the thing is, is when you build this reel, people are going to want to see uh, your facial expressions, how you're reacting. And if, that's, if you only have a really extreme wide shot, people aren't able to see that. Like you want them to believe in you. Like they're going to hire you. Right. They have to know about you. So okay. that's going to give them the best way to do it. Number four, get audience shots if possible. Now there's a couple different ideas on this. It, you know, if you do have a film crew there, in a second camera angle or something, let them get some audience reaction shots. You know, you could let them know even like, hey, I have a joke at this point right here. Yep. So when I'm saying this moment, just be ready for it. So I, I would totally echo that of just like prepping because you like as a speaker, you know what's coming up and you know where yeah. the punchlines are. You know where the stories are, especially if it's a story or a, a talk that you've done before, you know where the you're going to get the best reaction. So I know for me, I've done that exact thing, Wes, where I would tell the crew, hey, when I'm telling this story, just make sure there's a camera on the audience because that's where you're going to get the best reaction. So letting them know ahead of time is important. Good. It's just up to you to deliver. Right. (laughs) But audience shots are going to be great because, again, if somebody's going to hire you, they want to see how you're going to interact with the audience. Now, another way to do this, Grant, let's say you only had one camera then you want that one camera on you at all times. Right. Now, if there is another speaker there at the same event, you could then turn the camera around and film the audience there in their message and use those shots for yours. Ah, gotcha. So you're getting around it a little bit. Right. So well, and I think, as, you know, if you're making them laugh, then you get a reaction from somebody else and make them laugh. Yeah. One of the things, and I've told speakers this before of in some ways, like recreating some of those moments, where, you know, it's important to have demo video footage and it's important to have ideally like pictures of you speaking. Uh, And a lot of people were like, well, I've spoke, but I don't have the footage and I don't have the pictures. I said, well, you know, how can we recreate those? Can you speak to an empty room 
and get either the pictures or the footage. And it's not, you're not trying to do something misleading because like you said, I have spoken in front of audiences and it right. did get this reaction. And so you're not adding like laugh tracks or something or something, you know, just blatantly <laughs> fake. I'm just trying to recreate the environment that, you know, where that this took place. Exactly. Yeah. We do that all the time, especially during applauses. So whenever we do like a, a, you know, speaker for an event, we'll just get the best applause from the entire day and add it at the beginning and the end when people walk on and walk off. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, it's literally every time we do a video. So nice. So if you ever see our videos, you're probably going to hear the exact same audience at the beginning, which <laughs> nobody funny. knows. Right. Number five, if possible, get testimonials after the talk. So we talked about that. Right. You know, I think testimonials are going to be what sells you. So if you can get as many of those as possible, just great. You can put those in your back pocket. You don't have to use them all at once. And I'd say I'd say on that, uh, two types of testimonials. One from an audience perspective of I was in the audience, I'm just an attendee, and here's what I got from it. And then also from the decision maker or the client of, yes, we hired such and such, and they were not only great to work with and they delivered, but they were also good to work with behind the scenes and the process was smooth and you know yada, you know that type of stuff. Because remember, it's a client that's going to be watching it, a potential client that's going to be watching it. So having that testimonial from their perspective is valuable as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the decision maker. So this one may be a little bit difficult, but number six, don't record your screen slides. So I've seen this time and time again where the speaker is like, you know, just make sure I spend a lot of time on this PowerPoint. Make sure you get that in the shot as well. <laughs> but the thing is, is you want to concentrate on that close-up shot. And the thing is, is you created those slides. You can give those to the editor or you can put those in yourself afterwards. You know what I mean? That's true. That makes no difference. You don't have to rely on like recording the screen in the shot. Like on a related note there, remember that that potential client that's watching it, they're hiring you because you're a speaker, not because of how pretty your slides are. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So yeah, you can always do that afterwards. And, and you don't want to give it all away either. Like, you know what I mean? That screen slide. I mean, if you're referencing something, obviously, sure. but most of the time you're not. So you can always edit that in later. Okay. Now I will say to that, if you get an extreme wide shot, it's good to have the screen in there with the audience. You know what I mean? So that's only if you have like three camera angles. Right. Okay, number seven, uh, get a contract. So this is always big. It's going to save you. It's going to save the videographer. Like, and if you don't have one, you can download one like on the spot uh, using your iPhone app called Shake. And Shake is a just good like, hey, I don't have anything with me right now. Let me download this app. We'll just sign this together right here. You know? Okay. Contracts are always great just to have in your back pocket. Right. Uh, now, when I say that, number eight is don't look at this contractor or videographer as just hired help. Like, Grant, one thing I really love that you do is you say, how can I make this a win for you? And I've used that a lot as well. But like, a lot of times there's some really awkward like communication when you're like, hey, I'm paying you to do this. You need to do it. Like, it just makes both of you feel really weird. Sure, sure. So it's like, be friends. How can we help each other out? You right. know, but then also keep business on the side. But first, I want to know like. We're human to human. Let's be real with each other. Right. Okay. So, and then number nine, editing is a whole other ballpark. So, you know, don't expect, like shooting is one thing, editing is another. So if you hire someone, don't expect them to be an editor. If they are, cool. Make sure you see their work first. But then always, if you can, in the contract, talk about the raw files. And if you can get those raw files, just make sure you have those on hand. Just in case anything falls off the wayside, then you still have those in your back pocket. That's one thing too I would mention for 
speakers, if you're speaking at some type of conference where they're going to be recording you anyway, I would always ask for a copy of those raw files with the permission to be able to use it, you know, for like a demo video. So I was trying to think, I don't know that I've ever actually hired a someone to actually come in and shoot it. I've hired yeah. people to edit it, but a lot of the raw footage that I have has come from, they were, the conference was shooting it anyway. And so just yep. asking them for a copy of that footage. So like you said, two different sides of it, you've got the shooting of it, the videoing and recording of it, and then you've got the editing piece of it. So thinking through, you know, both sides of it. So let's talk about this for a second. If I'm interested in hiring someone to either shoot and or edit, where would I even begin to find someone who could do something like that? Yeah, so there's a few different, I mean, you obviously can throw it out on Facebook, you know what I mean, just ask the question. I would absolutely see the quality of what the person can do first. It's kind of a seesaw effect here where you want to get the best product for the lowest price. Sure. Okay, and the videographer is like, well, I want to give you the best product, but for the most price as well. Sure. You know what I mean? So it's always hard, but I really do feel like you're going to pay for what you get. If you want to invest some stuff, I mean, Video prices are really tough to talk about because they're all over the board. Yeah, I don't mind talking a little bit about it, but a normal day rate for somebody coming in, maybe for a professional, might be this is somebody with their own equipment between five hundred eight hundred dollars. Okay, and that's and that's just have, to shoot it. That's just to shoot it. Okay, yeah, and then editing is another uh, realm where people can charge by the hour between like sixty to up, upwards of one hundred fifty an hour. <laughs> which is a pretty wide spectrum, but it sure. all depends on their work. If you feel their work looks good, then they're probably going to be, you know, hundred hour or something like that. And it's all kind of relative. Right. And I think it's always important to, because for some people you may hear that and think, you know, 500, 800 bucks just to shoot it. Like, Oh man, that's a lot. And yes it is. But remember like this is the video that will be one of the biggest keys to you getting booked. So it's just a, it's an investment in your business in the same way that you want your website to look sharp. And so sure, you could save a couple bucks and have your, you know, your third grade nephew do it. But you could also like figure out how do I do this sharp. And so I think there's always that balance there of working with what you've got and yeah. making the best of it, but also just doing it with excellence. You don't have to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a professional world-class demo video. If you're not at that spot, you know, you can spend, you know, a couple hundred bucks and have a really sharp video. That's a combination of, you know, maybe you shot some and maybe you got an event you were speaking at that was already shooting some, you got the footage from them. And then you hired, you did like a little bit of work on some of the editing and then you had someone else come in and clean it up and polish it. And that definitely can save you, you know, a couple bucks there. And I think Wes, you and I, we could even talk about one thing that you and I did that kind of helped. So you mentioned Facebook as an option, just kind of asking around. Another thing I think that would help is just finding other examples of videos that you do like. Because I know for me, when I'm hiring, especially someone creatively, whether it's for a design thing or a video thing or a website or something, giving them like an example of something that I like versus like my sister's a graphic designer. So she does a lot of my graphic design stuff. And so there's the running joke between us is if I give her a project, sometimes I'll just say like, I just want you to make it cool. Like just make it cool. Well, like (laughs) granted I can get away with that because she's my sister, but like that tells the designer, the videographer, the editor that tells them nothing, you know, but like showing like some specific examples. Hey, I like this video and I like how they did this transition or I like how they included. Is that possible? You know, giving them something to go off of makes a big difference as well. That helps so much, man. You know, I think of like getting a haircut. You you walk in to get your haircut. Like, man, just do your thing. You know, (laughs) you walk out of there. You're like, Oh my gosh, this looks horrible. I don't like like, the thing they just did. (laughs) Yeah. You told them like, just do your thing. Like, so you're leaving it up in the air there. Right. So, 
it is extremely helpful when people come to us and say, hey, this is what I really like. And honestly, a lot of times we do something similar. If we have some ideas about that, we're like, hey, we could do this and help it out. But it's always good to go in there with a good idea of what you're going to get, like pre-production. Go ahead, do that beforehand so you're not always, you don't walk out of there with a horrible haircut. So you mentioned Facebook. Is it worth checking like a Craigslist or like what are there other, are even just Googling or I assume so, just finding like referrals and word of mouth is going to be the best. But if I'm running dry on that, what are other options? It is. But okay. So, you know, if, if you're trying to get off a little bit cheaper, I would check out Facebook. If you're ready to invest, I would highly recommend finding some work that you like and then finding out who did that. I think that's always really intimidating for people to do, even myself when I find some other work. But I promise you the person that did that is going to say, hey, thanks for liking my work. And then if we can work something out, cool. If we can't, I probably, I know this person that can probably help you out. Right. Like, I mean, I have contacts all over the country that we're, we're in the process of kind of working with to build some stuff, but where we can kind of hand off referrals to each other, you know? Yep. And, um, yeah, I promise you, like, if I can't work with you, then I'm going to put you in contact because I want, you know, I want to help you out. Right. Okay. So, so just reach out to those people that are doing those videos that you love. Right. And just, and so again, even if they can't do it, then they may be able to give you the name of someone who can't. I think that's the, the same thing is true with speakers. And one of the things we talk about is just building that relationship, that network with other speakers of if you reach out to me and I can't do it, I don't want to just be like, well, I can't, you're screwed. Good luck. I want to be able to say, no, no, I can't, but you know, tell me what you're looking for. Okay, cool. Here are these two people go talk to them. I think they'd be a good fit for what you're looking for. Cause a good videographer is also going to be able to recognize like other people's work that would be on par and would be, you know, valuable to potentially work with and use. Absolutely. And I know people's price points, you know what I mean? Cause we hire right. a lot of other people all the time. So I know what can kind of fit in your budget, you know? Okay, so let's talk about if I wanted to shoot this myself and either I've got a handy cam or like in this day and age, like is it... VCR camera on your shoulder. Exactly. Don't don't use those. (laughs) Is it possible in this day and age with the technology the way it is to just... Could I get like a decent video just by using my iPhone? You can. So I'm all about that, Grant. I'm all about teaching. You know, one thing in my business, I taught people how to shoot on DSLRs, and I realized that, you know what? I need to teach people how to shoot on iPhones because people have them. Right. So that's one thing we're working on right now on a course, actually. But let's say I'm going to walk you through something really quick. You probably have this and never even know about it. So let's say you're at an event, and all you have is your iPhone. I'll tell you what. Go into the audience. Ask somebody there, if you don't know anybody, to set up and shoot on your iPhone. Now, the cool thing is two iPhones would be best because you could throw one on you. Okay, so you can record audio with it. So you have your cheap Amazon microphone there. Record your audio on your iPhone that's in your pocket. And then the other iPhone is going to be out in the audience, and it's going to be recording as best of a shot as possible, the closest in as you possibly can. Obviously, you don't want to stand at the front of the stage. I mean, it look really awkward. So you're going to have to stand where the next, I guess, walkway is. Okay. If you can use a tripod, use it. Because I promise you nobody's handheld is going to look good unless, you know, not even a professional's handheld is going to look good for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Is there, so like if I was going to find like a tripod, is there any one that you would recommend or like just something on Amazon? Yeah, Target, Amazon, the cheap stuff of Amazon. I mean, you pay for what you get, but uh, I think a a cheap tripod and then make sure you, now the tripod is going to come and you also have to order like iPhone attachment for it. So you can simple, I'll try to, you know, if we go, we'll set up westwages.com forward slash grant where I can give you this checklist and also a little list of some gear that you can use. Cool. So that'll help people out. 
but then yeah, you want to check. It's going to be an iPhone tripod that you'll have to attach to another tripod. So it's a little confusing, but something to hold the iPhone. Okay. So then you're getting your audio from your the one that's on you, and you're getting video from the one out in the audience. Now the one out in the audience, if you can, if you have an iPhone six, you can shoot in four K. And I actually just want to walk you through that really quick. Yeah, let's do it. So if you have that, go to general on your iPhone. I'm I'm gonna pull it up right now. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, general. Actually, get out of general. You're gonna start with settings. Yep. And then you're gonna go down to photos and camera. Photos and camera. I'm scrolling. Okay, got it. Uh, on photos and camera, you're gonna go down a few where it says camera. Uh huh. Has grid, record video, record slow mo. Yep. Turn that grid on. I actually always love shooting with a grid. It's going to put a tic-tac-toe board on top of your camera. Oh, okay. So you know how horizontally and vertically like your camera stabilized. Gotcha. Right under, it says record video. Click that. Yep. That's going to give you settings for your video. Okay, obviously 720p right there is going to be the lowest quality. 4K uh-huh. is going to be the highest quality. So when you're recording yourself for 2030, make sure you have a lot of room on your phone first. Right. Uh, and you can click in 4K. And what that's gonna, what I love doing with 4K footage, is you can shoot in 4K, but then you can zoom in quite a bit, about 50% without losing any quality. Oh, uh, gotcha. And still have an HD video. Gotcha. So, so especially like on the editing side. Exactly. This is all going to be in editing, but if it's going to be hard to show that example. But if you're shooting in 4K, you can almost pretend that it's two shots because you could shoot in that wide shot in 4K, but then you could also zoom in without losing any quality, and it's going to look like a second shot. Oh, uh, gotcha. Oh, that's slick. Boom. So, Boom. Actually, and that's all from your iPhone. All from your iPhone, man. I learned that trick from NFL. Actually, I didn't realize this, but when they're shooting, they shoot a lot of stuff really wide. But when you're watching it on your TV, they zoom in a little bit so they can follow the ball. Because I don't know if you have ever realized that in golf or in uh, in baseball, they follow the ball like when it's yeah. going super fast. Yeah. that's how they do that. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Boom. Mind blown. Yeah, so when I shoot courses, we shoot a ton of courses for people. When I shoot courses, I shoot it in 4K, So, uh, and I do a little zoom in, so they're looking at the same camera. Gotcha. Okay. So same camera, just multiple shots out of it. Exactly. All from your iPhone. All from your iPhone. Love that. I think, again, that's one of the things that, again, can be intimidating to people going like, oh, I just I don't have the money to invest in bringing in a, a fancy videographer. And a, granted, you know, a good videographer is going to know what they're doing. They're going to know the shots to set up for and make sure all the, the tech is there. But when you're getting started, if you can, you know, if, if all you have is your iPhone, it sounds like you can still get some quality footage there. A big piece of this, do I need to record horizontally or vertically? Horizontally. <laughs> Figured you'd say that. Never, but just sure. never, 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 never record vertically. All right. <laughs> uh, you don't watch YouTube videos. Like, you don't go see a movie and the screen is vertical, right? Right. Like, I've never seen a movie screen that's vertical. <laughs> so, uh, also, another good iPhone tip, Grant, zoom with your feet. Don't use that digital zoom on your iPhone. Uh, okay. So, if you need to get closer to the subject, walk walk to the subject. Okay. Yeah. And again, that's where some of that just, especially if you're recording for your talk, kind of like, planning that out ahead of time so that whoever's going to be shooting you or if you've got a couple people shooting it that they can they're situated and set up ahead of time and not moving all around and being distracting to you know you or the audience absolutely got it nice well dude you we have covered a lot of ground here and i want to be respectful of your time so uh, if people want to find out more about you where you're at what you're up to where can we go westwages.com awesome and then you mentioned too you've got that you'll put together a gear list and then that pdf where can we get those yeah, that'll be westwages.com forward slash grant, G-R-A-N-T. 
sound so official, but um, I'll put your big face on there too, you know, make sure to have that. That'll ruin it. <laughs> so again, so refresh my memory on what will be there. So we will have that gear list and then uh, those nine points that you kind of walk through about potentially hiring a videographer. Exactly. Okay. Let's think of this as uh, you're getting married and you want to give the photographer a checklist uh, to be like, make sure you get these shots. <laughs> you know what I mean? Gotcha. Uh, I'll build a little PDF with a checklist of stuff to give your videographer make sure both of you guys win. Awesome. Very cool, man. Well, Wes, we appreciate the time and I uh, look forward to uh, seeing the videos that this podcast produce. Sounds good, buddy. All right, man. Thanks so much, Grant. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation and discussion, chit chat, chatteroo with uh, my buddy Wes Wages. Man, a demo video is so critically important. You got to have one. So, hope that was helpful to you and, and encouraging on uh, what some of those next steps may be that you need to take to get your demo video up and running, my friends. You got to have one. So, hey, as always, you can stop by thespeakerlab.com, check out these show notes, links, everything we discussed. Love for you to do that. Also, quick reminder here that uh, pretty frequently we do these online trainings, just free workshops and, and webinars. So if you would like to join us for the next one that we're going to be doing, you can go to freespeakerworkshop.com. Again, that is freespeakerworkshop.com. Definitely register for that and love to have you come hang out with us. All right, that wraps up episode 56. We will see you tomorrow on episode 57. Numerically, I think that would be correct. We'll see you then. You're awesome. <laughs>